welcome back up. Today is the 18th of July, 2022. We do our chanting practice, the morning puja, the evening puja. We cultivate the recollection of the qualities of the Buddha, the qualities of the Dhamma, the qualities of the Sangha. We recollect the qualities of the Buddha, the Buddha who has great benefit and support to all beings, who helps all beings. For instance, we recollect the loving kindness and compassion of the Buddha, which has no limit. The Buddha had, has this loving kindness and compassion to all beings, the same as, as if every being were his own child. And he sees that his children have suffering, and so the Buddha wants to help to alleviate that suffering. And so when the Buddha built Parami in order to become a Buddha, he built his Parami in this way, her four incalculable ages and a hundred thousand eons. So we recollect the Buddha, and this recollection of the Buddha has great benefit. It's a kamatana meditation object that cares for our minds well. So we have this faith in the qualities of the Buddha. And when we recollect the Buddha, we see that we're close to Nibbana. We have respect for the Buddha. We recollect that the Buddha is rightly self-awakened. It's a pure mind with great wisdom that was able to achieve victory over the delusion in the mind. And then having conquered the ignorance in his mind, the Buddha taught the way to freedom to all of us as well. So we have faith like this in the Buddha. And having faith, this makes the mind ready, makes our minds ready to practice following the teachings of the Buddha to cultivate our meditation object, whatever that meditation object may be. For instance, the in and out breathing, another meditation object that cares for our minds well. Another meditation object that cares for our minds well is Buddha Nusati, this recollection of the Buddha. For instance, if we're having fear, perhaps encountering a dangerous situation, we recollect the Buddha we can merely recollect Bhutto as a short form. And this recollection of Bhutto becomes our refuge. And if we die in that moment recollecting Bhutto, then we have faith and belief that when we die we'll go to a good place for sure. And if we don't have the karma to die, then we, then we won't die there. So we recollect Bhutto, something that's very important. This practice of Buddha Nusati has great benefit. We recollect that the Buddha is the awakened one, the joyful one, the pure one, is one who awakened already, realized purity of mind, realized joy. Because the mind that has greed, aversion, and delusion is not joyful. So therefore, for ourselves, if we want our minds to be joyful, 
then we have to take a look and see what our minds are lost in, what our minds are deluded by. For instance, clinging to the physical body. And we also have the eye seeing forms, the ear hearing sounds, the nose smelling odors, the tongue tasting tastes, the body feeling tactile sensations, and the mind experiencing mind objects. So we have this liking for visual forms, liking for the flavor of food, for instance, the experience of food, the liking of uh, sounds or bodily sensations and so on. And one can be lost in all these different pleasures, lost in liking, seeing these physical forms as beautiful. This is the mind that has delusion, that doesn't have knowing. This is the arising of delusion in the mind, which we can compare to sleep, the mind that's not awake. Just like someone who, who is sleeping, they don't know what's going on. They don't know the truth. And so another meditation object that takes care of our minds well is asubha kamatana to contemplate the body as not beautiful, not appealing. For instance, when the monks and novices ordain in the Buddha Sasana, they learn and study the five kamatanas, hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. And we use these five objects as meditation words, repeating them backwards and forwards in the ordination ceremony. And this is a meditation object that can bring our minds to peace. It's a meditation object that cares for our minds well, to give rise to wisdom, to give rise to clear knowing and clear seeing, seeing that which we should know, we should see. So in the beginning, we see the body, whether our own body or another body, as beautiful. So we practice to see it as not beautiful. We train our minds. We can reflect, well, if it's actually beautiful, if it's really beautiful in truth, why do we have to clean and wash our hair? Why do we have to brush our teeth? Why do we have to shower? Why do we have to cut our nails? And so on. Because if the body was actually beautiful, we wouldn't have to do any of these things. But in reality, we clean our bodies all the time because the cells of the body are constantly degrading, constantly passing away and aging. So the skin, the nails, the hair, and so on. And the teeth are always touching food and saliva, digestive fluids. These are things that are unclean and dirty. And so if we don't clean our teeth, then they become smelly from bacteria. And if we eat oily food, then our hair and scalp becomes oily. Our skin becomes oily. And all this uh, discarded oil and so on on the skin, the bacteria, according to their duty, they eat these things and produce smells. So this is something that's not clean, and it's something that bothers us as well. For instance, these uh, clothing or robes that we wear, 
they become dirty from touching the body. If the body was truly beautiful and clean, then we wouldn't have to wash our clothing. So we can compare it, it's like a cloth that covers a corpse. The uh, lymph and uh, different fluids come out of the corpse, these yellow liquids, and they make the cloth uh, dirty. So we see that the body is something unclean. Our clothing touches our skin and it becomes unclean. So we contemplate like this, contemplate all the time to bring the mind to peace and collectedness with this meditation object. Contemplating to see the body as something unclean. So we practice like this. And practicing in this way, the mind becomes at ease. The mind is no longer stuck in liking and wanting these objects of the six senses of uh, smells, taste, touch, bodily sensations, mind objects, tactile sensations, things that we're always trying to uh, gain because we see the truth of them and therefore we're not heedless because we've seen the way things are. So we can contemplate that if we see something as beautiful or see another person as beautiful, we contemplate that as convention, something that we're lost in. Because if it really is beautiful, if the body really is beautiful, then why do we have to clean it and brush the teeth and shower and all these things that we throw away, like the hair that we've cut off, we throw away, or the saliva and fluids from the body or the water that we've used to clean the body and clean the hair and the water we've used to clean the teeth and the water we've used to clean our clothing all that water after it's used to clean the body and things that touch the body that water we consider dirty and unclean and if we use the same water multiple times then we really see that water becomes very dirty all this water used to clean the body comes dark and black and it's not clean. And so this is the uncleanliness of the body outside of the skin. When we take a closer look at the skin, we can think of the skin as something beautiful, something attractive. But when we peel away that skin, we see that the blood flows everywhere. There was one occasion during my fourth rains retreat, I was listening to a talk by Venerable Ajahn Chah. And he was teaching that if there was no skin here, then this blood would flow everywhere. It'd be red all over the body. And we'd be sitting here like this in the meditation hall and at this moment we're able to sit together it doesn't smell that much because we've recently showered we've cleaned our clothing so if we eat a lot of meat for instance then we might smell even more but if we don't have any skin if we take away the skin then it becomes red everywhere and our nose starts to contact the smell of blood we can ask ourselves, well, could we handle that? Could we take it? 
it would be red all over the place and there'd be a lot of smell from that. And if the body dies, then it smells even more. So we see that truly the body is a bag of skin and we don't see what's inside of that bag. So we contemplate and train in this Asubha practice, this Asubha meditation, which is something that cares for our minds very well. So we recollect the Buddha as the object of our mind, as an important meditation object. Bring our minds to practice and train in this way, to have affinity for this practice. And we train in seeing the not beautiful aspect of the body. And this practice is able to reduce the liking in the mind. And what do we do if the mind has disliking our eyes? We practice and train in loving-kindness meditation. We recollect that all beings want happiness. No one wants suffering. And so therefore we have loving-kindness for one another. Loving-kindness to all beings, to all individual minds. We see if there's no body, then there's no self already. If we take away these four elements, it's just the jitta, just the mind that's left. And the jitta, the mind under the influence of ignorance, proliferates based on things that are good, thinks and acts in good ways, and then also proliferates about things that are bad, thinks and does things that are demeritorious or bad. And so this is up to the ignorance in the mind that brings the mind to proliferate whether in a wholesome way or unwholesome way. We see that all minds want goodness and so therefore we practice loving kindness. So we see that in truth that these individual minds, they don't have names they're just these knowing elements, these minds under the influence of ignorance. They all want happiness. All knowing elements want happiness, want this good energy. Just like ourselves, just like we want happiness, others want happiness in the same way. It's like what we chant when we chant the chant on universal well-being that may all beings be happy. We practice loving-kindness for all beings. And in the Karniya Metta Sutta, just like a mother loves her child, so we practice loving-kindness for all beings in that way. So we cultivate loving-kindness, we practice asubha meditation. These are things that we need to train in and to cultivate heedfulness, what should we do? So we can recollect that if we have gain, we have pleasure, we have wealth, we may feel at ease and relaxed, but we get lost in these pleasures. And in this way, we no longer are interested in practicing generosity, virtue, or meditation. So we practice generosity and we feel at ease and then we practice virtue and feel even more at ease.
but the mind still has this busyness and distractedness, still has greed, aversion and delusion arising, still has kilesas arising in the mind. And so we see that we need to train the mind to become collected and peaceful. So one who cultivates heedfulness in life, contemplates life as uncertain, as unsure, and sees that one day one must die. We don't know what day will die, what time, what place, what will be the cause of our death. No one knows this. So we contemplate that life is uncertain. We don't know how many days we have left. There's, therefore, we can't be heedless. We should think of this all the time. Just like Venerable Ananda, who was already a noble disciple, he was a stream enterer. When asked by the Buddha, he responded that he recollected death seven times a day. He was not heedless. But the Buddha responded that this is too heedless, that Tathagata thinks of death with every in and out breath. This is being heedful. So these four meditation objects, they are the Araka Kamatana, the protective meditations. The first is the recollection of the Buddha. The second is Asubha, the not beautiful nature of the body. The third is loving-kindness, and the fourth is the recollection of death. So may you practice and recollect and contemplate these to bring the mind to peace and collectedness for the sake of the arising of wisdom, to see that the body is just a body. These five khandhas of form, feeling, perception, mental formations and consciousness, they merely arise and cease. Seeing this is seeing the Dhamma. So may you cultivate samadhi, collectedness, if you rise to wisdom. May you all set your hearts on this practice.